This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we're sexing about, banging <laughs> brothers and rich dudes, maybe, as we watch spine number 77 of the Criterion Collection, Roger Vadim's And God Created Woman. But first, RJ... Explain yourself, sir. All right, all right. It's not that big of a deal, okay? <laughs> all right? We've never missed an episode, like, ever, and we're, like, four days late, so I don't think it's that big of an issue. And if it is, why don't you write in and tell me about it, and I'll, I'll get your personal address. I'll come and I'll pound on you, you nerd. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're a little late this week, and it is because uh, I moved houses from one side of town to the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did it in about two days. We had moved a few things before, some small stuff, but the big move, we did it in kind of an after, like, one evening. And then our house was kind of chaos for a couple days while we were settling in. And it was kind of unexpected, not the move itself, but, like, which day we were doing it, because I was planning on a weekend, but then help was available. So I was like, ooh, I got to cash in on that help, baby. Mm Mm-hmm. So I did. And then we moved and we didn't have internet at the new place because I didn't think we were going yet and I didn't have it set up. And the guy was coming a couple days after we moved in. So we missed the episode. Yep. Which you were very sour about. Garrett was sending me threats. <laughs> a little salty. There was a, de- there was a, dead, uh, a dead gopher on like nailed to my door at the mm-hmm. new house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pretty upsetting. But... Yeah. Um, we were going to do it on the weekend and I didn't get my internet set up again. So it's coming in a couple days. So I'm at a university right now in a room, which we might be interrupted, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Right. I can already tell this episode's got like a, a weird echoiness to your, uh, to your side, yeah. but it's fine. It's like clear, but there's like, you're definitely in a different room than normal, but, uh, yeah. hopefully uh, well, next week we're, we're going to discover what your new, uh, rec- recording studio sounds like. Well, I think it should be okay. The room is pretty good, but I uh, I opted for the Big Daddy internet, that fiber optic one, which uh, they say is the next big thing. So <laughs> hopefully it's uh, it's fast and I, I sound better than ever. Wow. Outstanding. We'll, yeah, you, we'll you're, see, you're, yeah you'll, you'll be on Ethernet, so you'll sound real nice. Ethernet, and then it's like 1,000 megabytes per um, second or something. I don't know. I don't know tech lingo. Yeah. The dude at TELUS said it was very good, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So awesome. that's my life. Cool. <laughs> that's, why, that's why we're late, and that's why I'm going to sound like I'm in a fishbowl today, I guess. I guess so. Fine. It's whatever. We got we to gotta do it. Maybe. We got to get it out. And we, I mean, fuck, do I mean, it. and we're falling behind on the ghoul schools. You know, uh, Oliver, he emailed us, he emailed in and saying he, he wants, he wants it. He can taste it. He wants to enroll, Ooh. but, uh, nice. man, like, it looks like we've got another delay. Uh, so we're hoping that, uh, next weekend, uh, that we should yep. be able to record on one of those afternoons and get something yep. up. Uh, that gives me some prep time to find some sweet mm-hmm. horror beats and maybe a, an idea behind the whole shindig other than us just talking about all the fucking movies that I've watched. It's kind of disgusting how many movies I've watched this month so far. I'm not sure if you've mm. been keeping track, RJ, not, not since you've been uh, internet-less uh, the last uh, 10 days. I was for a while, but then I used all the data on my phone. Mm-hmm. So the last, like, three days, I've actually been just 
cut off, which yeah. is kind of nice. Yeah. But, but I'm watching movies at least because I have them analog. So that's good. But no, yeah, we I think we'll do one next weekend. Maybe we'll even get another one in and then we could have we could have two or three, which I think mm-hmm. is pretty good. Yeah, I think I think the plan yeah. is we're going to do two two specials. So look forward to those. And but we'll still mm-hmm. be doing these creeps uh, back on Wednesday. Uh, yeah. But we got this one to deal with. So uh, let's mm-hmm. just move along before some people might come in randomly and interrupt RJ <laughs> on his end. We don't know. This is uh, we don't know. We don't know what to expect. This is uh, on the fly. Oh. Hey, uh, RJ, what you been creeping on this week? <laughs> What have I been creeping on? Well, Any, anything you Jared, want to talk about now? Hold on a second. I think someone's coming in. Hold on. Hi. You have it booked? Okay. Sorry, just one second. I'll pack up my. St- yeah. Yeah. All right, Jer. All right. Of course. Hey, RJ. Uh, wasn't that hilarious how we said that someone might walk into the room any minute and, like, just like a minute later, someone walked into that room? It was literally like I had been in there for two minutes, I think. You know how hard it is to fucking pat, haul around all this equipment? We have high-tech recording equipment. And the I've packed it. Tech. <laughs> this is uh, This is now our third attempt. Uh, we're both idiots. You have an office on campus yep. that is closed. Uh, I should have came here to begin with. So That's, Yep. This, this one lies on both of us, okay? Yeah. So this one goes out to thanks UofL Security for accommodating. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, hey, I think I sound better now. It's not oh, uh, a fishbowl. Yeah, I know you sound way better. So this will go down as a classic episode. Classic. classic. Hey, RJ, what Yo. what you been creeping on? Ooh, girl. Okay. So as I was saying before, I don't have internet right now, but a guy I know, you might know him, Jarrett Francois Duncan, mm-hmm. he hooked me up with uh, physical copies of uh, about half of my Creeptober list. So it was a little drawn out, but I got it, man. I got into Creeptober, and I started doing my, myself some watching. Ow. Ow. So I'm just going to talk about a few, and I'll save, I'll save some of the the nitty-gritty for the ghoul school, because that's where we'll really let loose. That's right. But uh, so I started things off. We had just moved into the new place the the second night we were there. We had pretty nice setup downstairs, big TV. It's dark. You you saw my TV at the old place. It was very bright, yeah. even at nighttime. So, because there were these old Dutch neighbors who had their porch light on all the time because they were smoking outside. It was awful. But oh, now Dutch. I got a good setup. So I wanted to go big with the first one. So uh, we hit it up with some Clive Barker action. Mm-hmm. Watch that Candyman. Ooh, girl. And you've never People seen should... that before. No, I had never. Um, I've seen like parts of it but i've never actually seen the whole movie in whole so uh yeah mean and actually for all of these almost except for like one i think andrea watched all of these with me too so i have even her opinion on this stuff but people might remember last year i think you watched Candyman yeah, last re- year that was a, yeah that it. was a rewatch last year and uh yeah my yeah. my thought on it was i'd seen it like for the first time like about four or five years earlier and i was mm-hmm. like really like i'm not impressed with it i was kind of like eh, i don't know I, really, I didn't really like that movie but watching it the second time i was like this movie's fantastic uh the mm-hmm. score is incredible but yeah 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 that philip glass score man it's good so, uh, no, yeah, uh, we both really liked it. I fucking, I like Clive Barker, man. I've read a few of his books. I think he's really, he's got cool ideas, and I think he, he tells it straight, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's, he's a very straight shooter. He's like, this is how it is, man. That's what's up. So Candyman, <laughs> it's a, you know, okay, so I think people kind of know. It's like urban legend, Candyman, say his name and he'll appear. And then it's, it's uh, these two ladies who are grad students, and they're writing a thesis 
Mm-hmm. You hear that a lot in this movie. It's like, are you cops? I'm working on a thesis. Or I'm writing a thesis. And it, she like never explains it, though. She's just like, I'm writing a thesis. Um, I think your computer is making noises. You should hit pause and not, not hit buttons. I didn't touch anything. Your headphones are going. Well, I mean, that probably suggests that you have to hit the... <laughs> I, I wasn't using your computer at all. What's happening here? It's some sort of... <laughs> on the keyboard, RJ. RJ. Yeah. On the keyboard, there's a there's a play okay, pause button. It. There you go. Don't hit that button. I, I didn't touch anything, yeah, though. I, the positive you did. <laughs> you, you, fid- you fidget. You fidget. Whatever, man. Whatever. This is a classic episode. <laughs> Everyone will like it. What was I talking about? Candyman. Oh, yeah. So this lady, it's she's always like talking about working on a thesis, but never explains what it is. And it's just like, what does that mean? But I guess in like, what did this movie come out in like 90 or something? Uh, 95, 92, 93. Go ahead. I guess, I guess, I guess that's all people needed to know. I remember on Home Improvement, the Tim Allen's wife always was working on a thesis. Oh, really? Yeah, but I don't remember what it was about. They just said a thesis. Anyways, uh, this movie is super cool. I like that uh, it's an urban legend, but they build on like urban legends within the movie itself. How there's like different t- stories about Candyman and how it like they create their own one within the story. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad. Like a lot of Clive Barker movies usually are. I didn't move that time, I swear. I'm not, look, my hands are up. I'm not moving. <laughs> Your your computer is cursed. Move, move, Talking about move the keyboard away from you. Okay, I'm moving. Okay, this is a classic episode. Classic. Everybody thinks I, so. I don't even know how you could possibly be doing that. Like I, I'm not touching anything. I swear, I'm not even moving. Huh? Your computer's weird. Uh, whatever. Candyman is awesome. People know that. Yep. Okay. What else? So, uh, so then I watched Rituals, uh, which I had never really heard of. These next like three, I think I just had on here because I thought the poster was really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, after I watched it, I saw people were describing it as Canadian Deliverance. Uh, I don't know if it's because it was shot in Canada or is it Canadian made? Yeah, it's I guess shot, shot, you would in, know. shot in Northern Ontario. Yeah. So this one is about. I think it's like the 70s or the 80s or some some shit yeah it's like a big group of doctors like six of them and they go out for a camping trip because it's just like i don't know like a man's trip i guess they go out camping and they're camping and they're drinking and then someone steals their all their shoes and they're like what the fuck where'd our all our boots go so then one guy has to go and he's like i'll go find something and then he never comes back and then the group starts to leave and then things happen to the group uh like one guy, there's they they have to walk through a river, and there's bear traps in the river. So one guy breaks his leg, and then they have to carry him with no shoes throughout the uh, Canadian w- wilderness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this movie was fucking awesome, man. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know anything about it, and I think the little I knew, like I just looked at the letterbox page, and I think people were really underselling this thing. But uh, I, I thought this movie was fucking awesome, man. Like I think the. The story is really cool. I think the way that they actually show the movie is really good. Like, it's it's got a really nice kind of slow pacing, but it makes those moments kind of really hit. Mm. Uh, the the reason that the guys are like attacking these doctors is not 
the strongest, but it, I, I was like, I was on board with it. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, I really like this man for those backcountry ones or woods movies. Yeah. Uh, I liked it more than Deliverance, hmm. to be honest. I didn't really like Deliverance a whole lot when I watched it. Yeah. Like, I liked it, but I was like, whatever. I don't think I'll ever watch that again. But I mm. would watch rit- Rituals again. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Have you seen Rituals? Yeah. Well, you borrowed my copy. Uh, then I watched. Yeah. I, got, I, I got that on DVD years ago when I first found out about the uh, Code Red uh, label. And I just heard like, but like I don't know. I like to watch those Canadian horrors, particularly from the seventies. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. I thought the movie was like good. I didn't like love it or anything like that. I think mm. it just something. It was missing that kind of uh, a certain quality that I guess I look for in my uh, Deliverance knockoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like I remember lots of black flies. I remember that sort of aspect mm-hmm. and like just like how desolate the uh, Northern Ontario uh, landscape really is. Like it's just like yep. man, like the Canadian Shield. This uh, kind of a harrowing experience uh, to be stuck out and being pursued by weird hillbilly types. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. I thought uh, I thought the characters all made like pretty logical decisions and didn't. Nothing seemed like too over the top. It was like, yeah, that's kind of what would happen if you were just walking through like a mountain without shoes. It would suck. (laughs) It would suck. (laughs) It would suck. So um, I really liked Rituals, man. It's a. It was a nice. uh, Surprise, because I didn't think it was going to be all that hot, and it and it was. Hot, so good. That's, that's that's a hard recommend. Nice. This next one isn't though. Uh, this one was in here entirely because the poster on Letterboxd is super sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called The Burning mm-hmm. from 1981. You lent me this one as well. Yes. But uh, the cover is it has some of the poster on there, not entirely. Uh, cool. I like this one too. It's summer camp slasher. Uh, a bunch of shitty kids go uh, play a prank on the. Uh, the Cropsy? Like, uh, Cropsy, the uh, the their groundskeeper Willie type character. Yeah, they go play a prank on him where they put basically like a decapitated head that they, I guess they dug up somewhere and it has like worms in it. They put it on his bedside table with like candles in the eyes, yeah, to, and to, he gets just to fuck he, with him. Just to fuck with him, and he he lives in like the shed, right? So there's like gas everywhere, and uh, he's also a drunk, so he like he kicks this the head and then it, it torches up the whole thing and he burns but he doesn't die jared mm-hmm. goes to the hospital and years and years later after many skin grafts he mm-hmm. gets released yeah. and that's where this movie kicks in man he goes yeah. back to the camp it's not the same counselors although there is a couple people who may have been involved in the original incident so his uh i think his modus operandi for killing is a uh, big garden shears which is pretty cool um it actually like there's there's some pretty cool stuff in this movie like there's a there's some good build up where all the like the older kids go on uh, canoes down the river and then like he like takes all the canoes and so they have to like find their way back and they build a raft. I thought that was cool. George Costanza's in this, which is also cool. You see his uh his butt, his bare butt. Yeah. Bear, bear young butt. his young butt. Mm-hmm. I think there's some uh, some boning in this one. Mm-hmm. There's uh, some nakedness. It's uh, it was it was okay. I just I didn't think it was. I, w- I wouldn't watch it again. I don't think. Yeah. What's your? T- uh, you seen the burning? Yeah, I've seen the burning a couple times. It's like a very like generic slasher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember the the just opening bit. I think it's probably the most memorable thing. 
uh, with a cropsy. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's about it. And then it's like, yeah, then there's lots of like time spent on the rafts and like on the kayaks yep. and lots of screaming kids and what's going on? Oh, and they keep finding bodies. Mm-hmm. And, oh God, let's go further down the rocks. Oh my God, there's another body. It's like, it's very repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like, I've got that Scream Factory Blu-ray. Um, yep. just cause it's like, well, you gotta have why it. Not? Why not have it? And you know, yeah. so I have it. And uh, but it's like definitely not on the top of the pile of like summer camp uh, slasher horror movies that I would be handing mm-hmm. off to people. I'd be like, folks, you gotta be watching your sleepaway camps. Oh yeah, that's some good shit right there. Or even uh, I think I watched a different summer camp one recently. I'll talk about it on Ghoul School. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, the burning's okay. The poster is super dope. Yeah. Uh, so this next one was a Jarrett pick. Uh, from last year, one of your uh, one of your hot picks. Uh, mm. Also, a very cool poster. I watched Death Spa. Ah, uh, yeah. I believe from the '80s or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> so I uh, I kind of messed up on this one. I um, Andrea went to bed after we had watched The Burning, and uh, I was like, "Okay, I'll watch something I don't think she would be into." And I was like, "Death Spa." I was like, "I'll, I'll throw this bad boy on," and I watched half of it, and I really liked it. And then I was tired, so I went to bed. And the next day, she watched the second half with me mm-hmm. and she was like this movie's fucking awesome she's like why did you watch this without me and i was like i don't know because <laughs> sometimes sometimes i try to show her movies and she doesn't like them uh, yeah. last night we tried to watch it follows and uh, we got 20 minutes in she's like this movie sucks what yeah she thought uh she thought the um the idea of the std rape uh metaphor monster was really dumb and she's like what? i don't like this oh what's wrong with so, her Anyways, she that's what I mean. It's hard to pick movies that I think she would like. Uh, she liked Death Spa, though, because she likes uh, working out in the 80s in the leotards. She likes goofy shit. And uh, what did I, else did I say to you? I was trying to – oh, boobs, because there was a lot of nakedness in this. She likes those 80 boobs, mm-hmm. 80s. Uh, Death Spa is wicked. It's like a computer gym where everything yes. is like run by computers and then uh, things start going haywire. My favorite is the guy who's on like the uh, the pectoral fly or whatever where you have your arms out in like L's and you're like bringing them in. I don't know what it's called. I don't work out. Yeah. But uh, he's like doing it and the computer's like 80 pounds and he's like, yeah, yeah. And then it's like 8,000 pounds and he's like, ooh, and his arms just rip yeah. off and like his his ribs break and stuff. Uh, this movie's got some pretty good violence, actually. Oh, yeah. Especially near the end. It's it's kind of a slow build. Uh, you see a little bit through, and then in that last half hour, it goes fucking nuts. There's so much mayhem. There's a, there's one, um, there's this lady cop who oh. I think is my favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. When, uh, it's at, at the end, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I shouldn't spoil it, but it's, it's so funny. She's got a line about computers, which is mm-hmm. really good. And then there's a scene where, like, they kill someone. And someone's like, is she dead? And that lady's like, fuck this shit. She goes and she just shoots the body's head like eight <laughs> times right in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, we both laughed pretty good. I thought that was really yeah. funny. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a good show. Definitely. Like, it, is, it really is exactly what you ever, ever hope for when you watch, like, a movie called Death Spa. Or, like, something like, mm-hmm. just like a, you know, oh, this is like a bad, cheesy 80s movie. And you usually watch them and they're generally really boring for, like, large chunks of them runtime. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah i don't know it's a it's a it's a good one i think it's like on i think i saw it, it's like on amazon prime as well so if somebody doesn't necessarily have the uh the blu-ray uh mm-hmm. you can you can find it for that streaming service of your choice yep. if, if if one wanted to waste their 80 dollars a year on amazon prime 
Uh, if you have a student account, it's only $35 or $40 a year. So oh. just uh, enroll in a, your local community college so you can save on Prime. That's right. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, Death Spa is wicked. The colors, the neon, uh, good good show. Everyone yep. should watch Death Spa. Yes. And then uh, so the last one I'll talk about is uh, one that I've been wanting to watch for a long time, Jim. Because last year, uh, the somewhat kind of... Uh, the series this is in, I really enjoy, but it's kind of a, a mishmash, like it's kind of muddled. Last year, so I, last year I watched Sorority House Massacre, right. and I thought it was super fucking good. Uh, I also watched Slumber Party Massacre, which I thought was good. Um, and then like somewhere in between, when the many sequels, these like things kind of crossed, mm-hmm. and they like when they like they took on the other series's like themes or like ideas. But uh, this one is kind of just a sequel to Slumber Party Massacre. So I watched Slumber Party Massacre 2, directed by uh, Deborah Brock uh, in 1987. I think she did some of the other ones too. She like I, she wrote this one and directed it. But uh, this movie, uh, I didn't give it a huge score, but I actually thought it was really good. Uh, it's super fucking goofy, and it's almost like avant-garde like <laughs> art house horror at some points because there's so there's a girl who was like alive during the first massacre mm-hmm. and uh, she's got like ptsd from it basically but she's still trying to be like a teen and she's still trying to have fun but like when she goes to bed she sees these visions of like things that might happen i guess and the, she sees the killer who's like an 80s dude he's got like this really greasy kind of like italian hair that's like coming down in the back like a mullet mm-hmm. and he's got the all these earrings and he wears a lot of leather and like studs and he's like a rock and roll dude and so in the first movie the guy's uh tool to kill people was a huge drill that he just drilled people with because it's like it's like a dick you know you drill him yeah so this one uh because he was a rock and roller he has this huge fucking guitar and it's got all this goofy shit coming off of it and then at the end of the guitar is a drill. So in her dreams, he's like doing like pelvic thrusts and doing guitar riffs. And the, the drill is just going mm. off. Fuck, it's awesome. It's so it's so fun. It sounds pretty art. Oh, no, I'm not even kidding, man. Uh, it, it, when you watch this thing, when, when she dreams, there's like it's like all this weird silent stuff and there's visuals and then you see him like eh, it's rusting with the guitar and it's it's very weird man it's it it is arty it's art house for sure so uh <laughs> this movie is um kind of silly mm-hmm. if you couldn't tell uh and it kind of goes on forever even though it's only i think 70 minutes long mm-hmm. uh there's a chase scene at the end with this really out of place like upbeat jingly music and it goes on for about 20 minutes. Uh, but it's all worth it for the guitar guys and his drill because it's so fun. So I don't know. Have you seen this one? No, I haven't. Um, Would you watch it based on my my description of it? Sometime maybe? Yeah. Sometime? It's, it's good. Yeah. I think you would like – well, you wouldn't like it, but you would have fun with the guitar stuff, I think. Okay. So uh, yeah. that that's all I'm going to talk about. That's a, that's a good run for me today, I think. Okay. Sounds good. Um yep. cool. Uh so I don't know, should I talk about some of my uh my my uh, ghoul creeps or should I just talk about the movie I saw like last weekend? Uh Uh you could talk about that one for sure because it's a hot 
fresh pick that I yeah. think I'm sure people want to hear well, about. It's, it's getting all crusted over now, though. Oh, is it? Yeah, man. I, uh, I don't know anything about it. You should so, tell me about it. So, RJ, uh, you didn't have the time to go, mm-hmm. so I went with my buddy Corey to Blade mm-hmm. Runner 2049 last Saturday. Dang. Seems so long ago. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, so went to this movie. As uh, astute listeners recall, I've been kind of burying this movie for, like, the last several months. Just being, mm-hmm. like, very, like, one, I'm not really that impressed with Denny Villeneuve uh, as a director. Yeah. Uh, I think Arrival is, like, actually kind of a bad movie, uh, mm-hmm. which is a definitely a minority viewpoint uh, as yeah. far as that goes. And people really are into his stuff for the most part. I thought Enemy was quite good. Uh, Prisoner was okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, a few, I've watched some of his short films. I still have uh, that Incendies and Polytechnique to watch, which yeah. I will one of these days. But uh, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know. There was like a lot of like the look of this movie, like in the trailers, it kind of just like it looks like it looked so much like they like nothing had changed since like uh, the first movie. And it's like supposed to be like whatever it is, uh, 30 years after the first movie. And right. now you have uh, this like this new movie it's like oh it looks exactly the same it just looks like mm-hmm. more colorful and looks a little bit more contemporary uh so yeah i kind of went in with pretty low expectations but uh right. which was probably for the best cuz i mean i thought the movie was okay it wasn't yeah. a bad movie um mm-hmm. there's like a lot of like when i see though people going on about this movie being like intelligent like sci-fi or something <laughs> like that i just go no it's not it's like it's a bit more serious. It's like it's done very seriously, which people confuse mm-hmm. with being intelligent, because okay. it's like okay, I don't know where to even begin with this movie. Like most people just, probably anyone who lay it out. Okay, anyone anyone who's probably seen this movie yep. that listens has probably already went to see it. Um, yep. One of the, one of the side notes I'll also uh, mention because it toots my own horn is that I had made this this prediction that I didn't think this movie was going to do very well in the box office because mm-hmm. like. Blade, no one cares about Blade Runner. I mean, I, I, work, really. I, I work in a comic book store. I work in, like, the nerd world. And, like, there's, like, mm-hmm. there's no Blade Runner toys. There's no Blade Runner comics. There's no Blade Runner stuff. Like, no, people kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. that movie is so influential. It's such a big deal. Fair enough. Like, that movie definitely yep. probably made a lot of people go out and, like, make movies afterwards or, like, start thinking about making movies. Uh, sure. The Vangelis uh, soundtrack's pretty cool. Uh, the movie still, the original movie still looks great. Um, I would even, like, posit that I don't know if act, the original Blade Runner is actually, like, a good movie. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I think I think it looks amazing and it has, like, a really great atmosphere and vibe to it all. But I think, like, as a story and a lot of other things, like, it's kind of bad. But it has so right. many other things going for it that, like, it's you can look past it in that case. So mm-hmm. this is a sequel to a essentially a bad movie that's all about production mm-hmm. design that like revolutionized like practical <laughs> effects and production and the movie never really goes beyond that like watching it I was never in the mind of like yeah this is like really changing the game again like and that's kind of like man if you're going to make a sequel to Blade Runner you should be really trying to like change things again mm-hmm. um and it's yeah it's like a I mean it's kind of like me 10 years ago I would have been like probably way more stoked about this but having like lived in a world where like we've brought back Twin Peaks and like you're not going to top that yeah. as far as like this is how you do like sort of like a revitalization you bring the original creative team back and mm-hmm. you just like 
you do what you want to do. This felt like, I don't know, like, and you, you go back and listen to the interviews and stuff like that. Denny Villeneuve was kind of like, oh, you know, I, I don't really have any real high hopes that we're going to make a better movie here. And like, I remember being like, that's mm-hmm. quitter talk. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think there's like uh, probably the worst offense of this movie being released is the movie poster for this sucks oh, yeah S- sucks big time it's yeah it's such an eyesore and they've actually changed it since the original one that came out where like they were color-coded but it, there's like the the actors that were on the cover on the poster they had like weird like mm-hmm. colors to them and now they're just like fleshy colored but it still looks like fake crappy design and when you go back and you look mm-hmm. at the original blade runner poster that 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 thing's just like an amazing piece of artwork that's like it's still like you could look at it and go, wow, I'd love to have that in my house. No one wants that Blade Runner 2049 <laughs> poster. So there's all these little things that are like so contemporary now. But uh, mm-hmm. okay, this is all like beside the point of this movie. So sure, uh, Ryan Gosling, he plays a robot. What a what a change of pace for him. Is that a spoiler? Uh, no, it's not. He, they tell you that like immediately. Oh, okay. So he, he's, I was gonna say, dang. Yeah, no, so he's uh, he's a re- he's a replicant, but he his mm-hmm. but his thing is like he hunts other replicants laid out it's flat okay. um there's they never like maybe I, i'm i'm a dense i'm a thicko maybe like but they don't really ever go and explicitly say that like harrison ford himself was also a replicant like they kind of because that, well, that, that was always for up for debate though yeah and then like really scott went no he was like that was about how it went but it's like you could still yeah. watch that movie and still like not not even think that that plays a role in any of the movie um, yeah, even so, though, I, I feel like even if Ridley Scott says that shit, I, I felt like that was always something that it depends on how you see it, right. which way you want to go with it. So, yeah, so, whatever. He, so he plays a nameless robot because they don't name you don't name robots anymore uh, in 2049 um, unless mm-hmm. you're unless you're very special, like the the bad guy female robot working for uh, Jared oh. Leto, his his uh, in his his uh, his robot is named Love. And she, how, she, she, how is he? He's barely in it. Like oh, okay. he's in it for maybe I'd be surprised if he's in that movie ten minutes. Okay. Sorry. Continue um, about. And love. he's like, whatever. I kind of like it's now. It's now. It's easy to hate Jared Leto. In this <laughs> movie, he was just like whatever. He's just in there. He's like, I don't know. He he's a ridiculous human being who has like st- stupid comments all the time. And any article you see with him in the headline, you know mm-hmm. it's gonna be dumb. Like uh, he's gonna be yep. uh, Hugh Hefner in uh, in uh, Brett Ratner's Brett Ratner. uh, <laughs> uh, Hugh Hefner biopic. And I'm like, holy fuck, what a triptych of people I don't give a fuck yeah. about. <laughs> like, who cares? Well, yeah, Brett Ratner's like the dirt worst human being. Um, like, I, mm-hmm. like I don't even know he could be a great guy, but like. His like movies and like abilities no, suck. He sucks. So anyway, and he had Jared yeah. out of that, and they're doing be like Hugh Hefner. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about Hugh Hefner. So yeah. that was good. He uh, he's not a good guy though, because he uh, I don't know if you ever heard, but he used to brag that he um he had sex with a bunch of these like really hot actresses, mm. and then they all came out. They're like, no, we didn't, and uh, and he's like, yeah, we did. Mm. So <laughs> he's, he's one of those guys. Welcome to the club, Brett. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, so Blade Runner. Um, fuck. I don't know, man. So the movie, production value wise, there's nothing. What can you say? This movie looks great. There's times where you're like stunned. Like you'll be mm-hmm. stunned by, wow, that looks so good. Um, one of the keys is make sure you see this movie in 2D because Roger oh, Deakins, fuck, yeah. the cinematographer, he shot this for 2D. He was even hesitant about recommending mm-hmm. people see this in 2D IMAX. And uh, yeah, he doesn't even have like any opinion on people seeing it in 3D, which tells you everything you need to know. Uh, mm-hmm. It was an up, it was an up convert job, so it's just like an extra like three bucks you get to pay for your ticket. 
to go right. see it that way. So don't. Um, the movie is two hours and forty five minutes. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it. So that's like a plus. Uh, it's a pretty smooth ride. There's definitely a point where my enjoyment drops off watching that movie, and you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, now we have to get into like typical screenwriter 101 shit, like all the all the stuff you ever see in every other movie that gets released mm-hmm. for big studio movies. It's just like those plot beats over and over again. Oh, there's talk of like a, of a replicant rebellion and an uprising. It's like what? No, we don't need that. Like, like who, who I don't, cares? I don't want. But you don't see that stuff. But like they're they set it up yeah. like offhandedly. And you're like, we don't need this. We don't need this type of crap. Yeah. Well, why did she just leave Ryan Gosling alive? Why didn't she just kill him? Like that. Those are the questions you start asking. Oh, because the plot says um, Harrison Ford is old. He is very immobile. He can only nice. throw fists forward. Yeah, that's like you get some like you get you get the fight scene with him and Ryan Gosling, and yeah. it's like just Harrison Ford walking forward and punching him. <laughs> and nice. it's, so it's like, yeah, I guess after you're like surviving a plane crash and like. Mm-hmm. destroying your body like like by like i don't know stiff breezes coming along uh, i guess i wouldn't be able to walk either but he keeps on trucking mm-hmm. so i guess kudos to him i've seen some people praising uh his performance here uh it, it seemed people like praised his star wars performance too though. yeah they sure did and it's just like yeah whatever he's he's harrison ford he gets away with it uh yeah he's the charisma machine and that's about it um mm-hmm. yeah so ryan gosling plays a robot and i mean he's perfectly cast <laughs> Because <laughs> he he basically he's always, emotionless. He, it's, that's his thing. Uh, there's a yeah. scene. Oh, so I've also seen some people talk about the score for this movie, um, which like I guess it's got some like had some negative negativity around it beforehand because like he had uh, someone was working on it before, but they left and they signed a non disclosure about why they left, and then they brought in Hans Zimmer doing mm-hmm. the Hans Zimmer score. Like if you've heard it once, you oh, it, there's so much of it. It's it's pretty droning on. Yeah. Like it's it's almost like comical, but that's the Warner Brothers sound. They throw it onto everything now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, actually, the most exciting thing about me going to this movie was seeing the trailer for Annihilation. I've, I've, oh yeah, the uh, what's his name? Yeah, Something ex- Garland. Ex- yes, yeah, ex-, ex Machina dude. He's got his new yep. movie coming out. Uh, the trailer's like really cool. Like I thought it looked like. I'm like I had no idea what it was. And watching, I was like, well, this looks like way more exciting than the movie mm-hmm. I'm about to watch. I've uh, I've had that book in my Amazon cart since they announced it uh, uh, last year because hmm. uh, I loved Ex Machina, and then I heard the dude was doing this and I, that it was on a book. I was like, sign me up, baby. Yeah, no, I was like, so, I, th- I thought it looked cool. I mean, Natalie Portman's whatever, but, uh, yeah, this movie, the movie looks like really interesting. It looks like it's like mm-hmm. stalker looking kind of thing. Um, when's that come out? February. Dang. Yeah. So soon. Uh, yeah, soon. I, I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, mm-hmm. so Blade Runner 2049. Uh, I'm not surprised that this movie, I guess, didn't do very well. Uh, box mm-hmm. office wise. Um, so, because like, yeah, I guess it, they they were predicting it was going to make like fifty million dollars opening weekend. It made thirty two, um, and I think this week it's going to be second place to that new Blumhouse movie, that Happy Death Day. Um, oh God, that yeah, sounds good. Yeah, uh, so it's like already like slipping away. Um, I don't know, yeah. it'll, whatever, it'll it'll truck along. But I guess that's probably the first like real disappointment for Denny Villeneuve because he's he's been coming off hot with like Arrival doing huge and uh, yeah. It'll so, it'll have lasting yeah. sales um, though. I bet. I mean, okay. This all being said, it's like I'm I'm actually really interested to see his Dune movie that mm-hmm. he's working on. I think that will that Fuck could be yeah. that could be pretty fucking amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Because yeah, I mean, everything depends like, if Patrick Stewart is in it. 
<laughs> bring him with back, that pug dust him off yeah uh, yes. what does it depend on oh i don't know it just it depends on what i don't know nothing i was rambling i don't yeah, know where okay. i was going with that yeah sometimes i cut you off but i feel it's for the best because you're just like do do and you make fart sounds and stuff oh, yeah. that's that's your shtick right that's about right um so this movie exists there's some if you like there's like there's one scene in particular in this blade runner that mm-hmm. like when you watch it and you do like the thing where you like say gender flip the characters and you go yeah oh, no. it's like how does this scene play if it was like instead of these like two women doing some sort of weird like synthetic bonding what if it was two dudes mm-hmm. happening would people be like this is really like intellectual <laughs> and it's like no yeah. it's not you're just looking at two hot women in their naked <laughs> that's what you're watching and if you did as two guys you'd be like oh this is making me really feel awkward mm-hmm. it's like yep that's how a lot of people in the audience feel right now they don't really they're kind of like what is this is this supposed to be like meaningful um yeah i don't know the movie is fine i I liked it more than like star wars force awakens or a lot of like other movies that everyone else likes but not by like not like i i don't know i won't watch it again i don't really feel like this movie's uh essential or anything like that uh it's kind of crazy it's kind of crazy to me how much people really like it um, I'm not sure what they're responding to other than the production stuff, which I, I totally agree. It's like, yeah, this movie looks great. Mm-hmm. But as a movie, as a story, it's like kind of dumb. Like it's just like, like a lot of dumb movies. It's just like, it takes itself more seriously, which I guess people like. Um, I don't know. Cool. Maybe it's like these Rick and Morty fans in their, uh, <laughs> their Szechuan sauces and they're, cause they're so smart huh? and they're, you know, mm-hmm. chanting and rallying at McDonald's to get fucking sauce. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That really blew out of proportion, but I can see where you would make those connections. I, I, yeah, I'm a. I think the fact that you didn't completely hate it mm-hmm. says that it's act. It's probably not bad. Yep. But uh, I, I actually did hear a few other, a few people I know that were like, "Yeah, it's a, It wasn't. It wasn't the life changing event that people thought it would be." And it's Which, like, well, you shouldn't fucked. think that. Yeah, exactly. That's so fucked yeah. up. It's like no Blade Run, like Blade Runner twenty forty nine is not going to change your life folks. Like mm-hmm. it's not like, cause when Blade Runner came out, like it was just like a movie, you know, it's just like, yep. you, you don't, you don't know what movies are going to change your life. You don't know who's going to like, I don't know. Like I'm way more excited about Danny Villeneuve making movies like of his own like ideas yep. or whatever. Like yep. I, I didn't like Arrival, but I, I'd rather see him doing that than like doing sequel stuff. And I mean, even like Dune, <laughs> I guess is like kind of like contradicting myself. Cause I'm like, that's like a license. But I mean, man, like if what? we get, I, I mean, I, I'm way more down with like seeing like a, a Dune movie. That's like kind of its own thing. than a Dune two seek making a sequel to David Lynch's Dune. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm on board for Dune, but I'm with you for most uh, most and, of and, that. Any other pressing questions you have about Blade Runner here tonight? No, <laughs> no, I'll probably I'll probably try to catch it before it leaves the theater, but uh, I'm in no rush. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think especially not in October. That's right. I'll go in November. Um, and any uh, movies that I've watched that you want to hear uh, sp- anything specifically about? <laughs> Jeez, man, I've been off the internet for four or five days. I have no idea what's going on. Just why don't you just spit out a couple if you want? Well, or... I'll I'll mention a couple of RJ picks. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, so uh, RJ, I watched. Sometimes they come back. Ooh, shit, nice. Yeah, because you were uh, talking it up, saying how much you enjoyed it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had I had I had vague memories of the movie from like when I was. 
like 10 or 12 when it ever aired on TV or whenever my friends rented it and watching yeah. it being like, yeah, greasers. Even back then I knew Stephen King was like a cliche machine with his his uh, 50s greaser dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, this was just on YouTube. And I had a lunch hour to myself. And I'm like, you know what? I want to watch Sometimes They Come Back. And mm-hmm. I was watching it and I was kind of like, yeah, no, this movie's just not that good. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you don't. You don't. We don't have to like the same things. Yeah, we we do. We have to. But but I said to point out when you're wrong. That's uh, that's that's the key. I believe that when I was talking about that movie, I was. I think I emphasized that. I know not everyone will like it, <laughs> but for some reason, I thought it was fun. And I think you pointed out it's because the bullies talk the way I do. Yeah, about nerds and like pounding. Mm-hmm nerds and stuff like that so i think that's why i like right it. right right yeah so uh i checked that out um but also i wound up watching a movie that uh was also on youtube that i forgot was an rj pick and that was that? 1988's the brain oh yeah that movie rules yeah you watched that last I like the brain. year and you were talking about it and i, did, I kind of like i was drawn to it because i remember the poster again i was like mm-hmm. oh yeah the brain and then it was online and it was like hey let's watch this mm-hmm. and i did and yeah it's like it's got a charm to it um yeah that, the uh, the brain like a uh, costume monster thing the prosthetic stuff the mm-hmm. the whole co- the suit they made it's like pretty awesome uh yeah. but yeah the movie's kind of like a dumb video drone they live kind of movie yeah um shot i think it was uh mississauga ontario Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just this like kid. He's like kind of an RJ two, kind of this smarmy, smartass prankster. I'm type. not smarmy. Yeah, I could see you being like this guy in high school. Nah, so putting, pouring pure sodium down uh, toilet drains to to, nah. to to prank out your principal, and they go RJ. And you're like, what? <laughs> this bra bomb better work, nerdlinger. Yeah, that's right. See. Yeah. So it's like this is a movie about you, uh, okay. and like you get sent off to a uh, psychiatric foundation, but it's like uh, the hosted by this television psychiatrist man, sort of a Doctor mm-hmm. Phil, uh, played by David uh, was it David Gale, the guy who's like evil doctor and reanimator. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's got like this like kind of like homely li- little like kind of Igor man that runs around to like grab the guy whenever whenever he escapes. Uh, mm-hmm. there's a giant alien brain that they don't really explain at all mm-hmm. that they have in this unit that can send out brain waves via tel- uh, via the television, via satellite, and it just starts controlling people ever a bit more slowly. Um, and yep. that's like, that's it. And like, that's oh it. no, control is bad. And there's lots of running around, <laughs> lots of aimless running around. Yeah. Did you mention this is a Canadian movie? I did. Uh, I think so. Cause it was shot in Mississauga, yep. Ontario. Um, oh, and yeah, I don't know. It was like nothing much to. I don't know if I would recommend no. watching it. It's just like it has a charm, though. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not as hot as Rituals, the other good Canadian movie we mm. watched. But uh, mm. I can't remember exactly. I think if you go to last year's Ghoul Schools, you can hear me talk about it when it was fresh. But I like the brain. I think it was kind of fun. Like, yeah, I like I like Krang's. Like just giant brain things right. and stuff like that. Um, I thought that movie was pretty dope, but I just noticed uh, that guy Ed Hunt. He directed a movie I just watched, Bloody Birthday, which yes. I actually liked a lot. Yeah, but I you want to hear more about that, or should I talk about it on the uh, Ghoul School? Save it for Ghoul School. Okay, well that's just a little teaser. I thought that movie was dope. 
Yeah. Uh, actually, I was like, I was surprised. Uh, I had rated it lower than I thought. Yep. I remembered enjoying that movie because those killer kids are cool. But there's like some people oh, yeah. who really hate that movie. They like those shit people on, are wrong. They, they shit on it. I'm like, what? There's nothing wrong with it. Anyway, we'll yeah. talk about that yeah. at a later point. Um, what else did I watch? Uh, oh, I watched uh, yesterday. I watched two movies about uh, killer sex ladies. Like they're like they're, they turn out to be like like sexy lady monsters. Yeah. Uh, Ken Russell's The Lair of the White Worm. Uh, that stars uh, Hugh Grant, and mm-hmm. it's also got uh, P- uh, Doctor Who uh, Peter Capaldi, like looking mm-hmm. the youngest I've ever seen him uh, here in 1988. Yeah. Uh, this movie's that like, guy stinks. No, you have, you have to watch uh, thick of it, and you'll see why. It's that whatever. I don't know Doctor Who's whatever, but uh, yeah. But Peter Capaldi okay. is okay. Anyway, so Lair of the White Worm, it's uh, based on the uh, Bram Stoker novel that, like, nobody mm-hmm. talks about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of like about snake vampires, sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie I actually liked quite a bit. Uh, it's, like, it's Ken Russell. So, I mean, it all depends on your uh, taste, I guess, because Ken Russell can rub people the wrong way because he's mm-hmm. very much like the 70s, 80s, like, art guy who has like no sense of like bad taste and he's very mm-hmm. English at times. So his characters are kind of like quirky in a way that I think can make people go, Oh, this is British. And then they just turn zone out of it. But, uh, in this, like I thought like having not seen a movie like that for a while, I thought it was like really nice change of pace from watching like a lot of eighties American movies where all the characters are just like turds and like people are just boring. Uh, in this movie that seems like, Hey, this, this person actually has a job and this person has like a research and interest and they actually are written in a way that like, you know, oh, like you might be able to speak to this a little bit when you watch a movie and like, there's like people who do science in the movies they talk yeah. like they all they do is talk about the science. They don't talk like regular human beings who happen to have a profession where they actually also do science yeah. on the side. Like there's like there's some sense of like, well, I was a scientist, blah blah blah, and like it's like yeah. that's all they talk about is the science, not like actual human beings with like other motivations and interests and like wives and like oh we have to go get groceries. Mm-hmm. So there's like no, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sometimes movies do that well, and I don't mind. Sometimes movies do it really bad, but. Like what are you what are you gonna do? It, it's like I was talking about with Candyman, where they were like, "I'm working on a thesis," right? And people are just like, "Okay, okay, I gotcha." I'm, I'm a grad student. And it's like, but, but it's like, what does that mean? It's like, you, what are you working on? Like that could be fucking literally anything in the world. You'd yeah. be like, "I'm doing a thesis on dumps and butts." <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, sometimes it's fine, but yeah. like if it's not, what are you gonna do? Like, mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? Uh, so yeah, Lair of the White Worm is just about this. Uh, I think it's like in. Scotland and um there mm-hmm. or was it uh, a remote corner of England's Peak District uh, a, a weird Ooh. skull is unearthed out of the ground by the anthropologist dude uh, mm-hmm. played by uh, uh Capaldi uh and then like Hugh Grant is kind of like the he's like a descendant of this knight who in this community in the song killed mm-hmm. this white worm and it's just sort of it's like oh it's like a lot of like weird like kind of festival stuff around England England has like a real actual history of stuff like that so they can throw out these things that are like half true and it just seems legitimate because they have all sorts of wacky weird stuff um and then like so the kind of the villain of this movie uh Lady Sylvia played by Amanda Donahue 
Donahoe mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, she's like, I don't know, she's like this high priestess of this like snake cult of which she's the only member. And there's like, yeah, there is like a giant white worm snake thing. And there's people getting bit and turning into like kind of vampire slaves, which is giant fangs mm-hmm. and they spit venom and whatnot. Uh, and it's got some pretty, I don't know, the pacing of it's good. It feels like a real movie. Um, yeah. And yeah, I liked it quite a bit. The ending kind of like goes into like just straight up 80s sort of ending movies like it reminded me too much of like something like Blood Diner rather than like going like into like the territory of like uh, Ken Russell's all time classic <laughs> The Devils which is just mm-hmm. like um, like one of the best movies ever made uh, this movie falls short of that but uh, it's a movie that like yeah it, it would definitely hit people diff- like in different ways uh, fortunately <laughs> for me uh, I liked it a great, quite a bit um so that was good. And then I f- wound up watching uh, a movie afterwards that I, I didn't realize was, or I didn't think about it at the time, but it's like, oh, it's another killer sexy lady movie. And that was Species. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. I didn't know you watched Species. Yeah, I watched it last night. I've and never really seen that, but uh, no, I know it is an alien pick. That is a common thing that whenever I mention this movie to people or that I was going to watch it, it's like, yeah, I never saw that. And I'm like, so nobody saw this movie. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. One of the reasons that I never got to see this movie when it came out in theater was because it was R-rated. And uh, while I was a wee lad, I was not able to go to this, even though it was like completely targeted at me. Mm-hmm. So it was always, but after it came out, it was always like, oh, the movie's like not that good. Uh, so I just never yeah. watched it. Uh, so I decided last night was the night to change that, turn it around. And we watched Species. Nice. Uh, Species is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a movie <laughs> about Ben Kingsley uh, with a horrible, yeah. horrible American accent. One of the mm-hmm. like worst, like, like English actors doing an American accent I've ever heard. Cause usually like when you think yeah. of like Guy Pierce or whatever, like doing theirs or like Russell Crowe, you wouldn't even think of it. It's not awkward at all. In fact, you're like surprised mm-hmm. when you find out, wait, that guy's English or it doesn't like, isn't American. You don't even think about it. But in this boy, Ben Kingsley, he struggled. And it seemed like people were maybe afraid to like say, Hey, maybe try harder, Ben. Cause <laughs> I mean, he's fucking Gandhi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this movie also stars Alfred Molina and uh, Michael Madsen. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, For- also- Forrest Whitaker. They're all Damn, this is a powerhouse movie. Pow- powerhouse. And uh, yeah, and then it's, of course, it's got Alberta's own uh, Natasha Henstridge. She's the, is she the species? She is the species. Nice. Yeah, she's from Fort McMurray. Ew. <laughs> Up there with all those rig pigs. Well, that's why she left. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So she looks great. Uh, like this is like kind of like her claim to fame. Essentially, mm-hmm. is that she was she was she was species, um, yeah. and she's and she's species in two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, I and don't know. forever and forever. And then she, yeah, I was looking up like what else did she do? Oh, nothing really else of note. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So this movie looks awesome because it was shot in the 90s by uh, mm-hmm. the cinematographer is uh, Andre Bartkowiak or something like that. He's like the guy who shot movies like Speed and like a bunch of other like sweet ass 90s movies that like always like they're super widescreen and everything mm-hmm. just looks so polished and like cinematic and movie like. And this movie looks that way too. And so it's like, ah, oh, yeah, this is like it's appreciated when you watch a lot of like horror stuff sometimes you forget like oh yeah movies can look different than this <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're like oh yeah regular movies like you think about like michael bay transformer stuff and like how 
odd those movies look. Like they came yeah. out of the '90s tradition, but then the editing became more and more intense, and like the clarity mm. went out the window. Uh, mm-hmm. Light lighting scenes properly, so they have like their own feel. Kind of just like went out the window. It's like everything's saturated. Everything's blue and orange. That mm-hmm. all that or just blue. Uh, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, this movie. So the plot, RJ, is mm-hmm. uh, from SETI. They uh, pick up a correspondence with some sort of alien life form that gave them the like codes to like. Here's how you can create infinite energy, and mm-hmm. then they followed up. Hey, here's a DNA strand. And they're like, oh, hey, we should just take this DNA strand and just inject it into a human and see what happens. Yeah, why not? Yep. And so that's what they yep. do. And so, yep, they create uh, uh, Michelle Williams, who plays mm-hmm. young species. Uh, and then they tr- they realize that uh, it's all going bad, so they're going to poison her. But she breaks out, and she's on the run. The, the, the strike team is assembled to like mm-hmm. find her. And it's just like a cat and mouse thing of them finding blonde girl who yeah. then, who then uh, turns into uh, Natasha Henstridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Natasha Henstridge, her uh, thing is like, Oh, she needs to reproduce with her life in her lifespan and make some babies, make some, yeah. sp- make some species species. And uh, that's, a, that's the, that's the movie. Uh, yep. It's fine. Inoffensive movie stuff. Mm-hmm. So, does it have dope alien stuff though? Not really. I mean, it's all. How like, come people think that? Well, it is an alien movie. I mean, essentially, it's like aliens, but like where it has yeah. an, the alien aspect to it, and then like you'd assume that maybe yeah. the the aliens that sent this look like these, but I don't think that's the case. It's almost like um, this higher mm-hmm. intelligence used like it's like the xenomorph thing. Like if you read about like that whole idea yeah. that like some sort of ancient beings created the xenomorphs is essentially like uh, mm-hmm. like a pesticide to like, take out like life form so you can go and take over the planet after they've all been wiped out mm-hmm. that's sort of like maybe yeah. an aspect to it but it's not explored in this movie because it's dumb it's a very dumb movie yeah okay yeah so you it's a hot recommend from you then uh no, i wouldn't go that far yeah <laughs> it's like okay. yeah i don't know it's like i didn't mind watching it but uh, i'm hoping that like actually i've been looking back at what i've been watching lately and it's like i'm I'm digging deep rj i'm having to like I really know. scrape through stuff and it's like sometimes you i gotta be honest with myself and be like yeah this movie wasn't that great this wasn't so good mm-hmm. this is just okay because for to hit that four star you gotta be pretty darn good mm-hmm. and I've, I've i've managed to see three of those uh including let me in long <gasps> island cannibal massacre Mm-hmm. And this this super obscure little number called demons, but I'll maybe save those for uh, Ghoul School. I would recommend that. Yeah, that'd be good. Very well. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Uh, so yeah, that's it for my creeps. I think for right now. Uh, hey RJ, got any news for us? Uh, yeah, I just have one piece because it's kind of fitting going back to our last episode. Apparently, Kevin Bacon thinks uh, the Sixth Sense completely fucked Stir of Echoes. Um, is that news? <laughs> I don't know. I watched Stir of Echoes the other week, so I thought I'd bring it up. Okay, that's all I'm. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all. There's you no got. follow up. Okay, that's um, it. I guess uh, following up from uh, the news of last week, uh, Harvey Weinstein's uh, you know career has kind of gone down the shitter. Yeah, but does anyone even really care about Harvey Weinstein? Yes, RJ. Uh, if you've had the internet, well, I mean, other than like the bad stuff he did, like, did anyone really care about Harvey Weinstein? Oh yeah, they they did. <laughs> okay, let's whatever. 
They they really did. Um, he's like yeah. been I don't know if you're familiar with like just like the way Miramax kind of like operated for like the last twenty years uh, with the Oscar stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just like because it was like Miramaxing. It's like oh here's the Miramax movie. Here's the Shakespeare in mm-hmm. Love and blah 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 like that. Like so he's like been a figure. I mean I'd say of like the Hollywood producer types, people knew who the Weinstein's were far more yeah. than they know like. Most of the like, I mean, it's like, who are some of the Disney Marvel producers? It's like, oh, there's like that one guy. What's his name again? No, it's like Bob and Harvey Weinstein are like household names. It's just, I'd say for cinema people. And uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, in case you've missed it, um, allegations of uh, Harvey Weinstein's uh, behavior uh, toward women, uh, like mm-hmm. get, getting them to like watch him shower and masturbate himself and like mm-hmm. other gross things, uh, all came out. And Harvey Weinstein just kind of like said, "Yep, pretty much." And like he didn't fight it at all. He just said, "Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta get help." And I think he thought that was going to be good enough. I don't think he realized. It, was it not good enough? No, it wasn't for people because like I think he didn't really like realize how much people hate him and want him gone. And like he oh. he was gonna be it's like you can't get so I mean part of this is like you can't get rid of Donald Trump but you can get rid of Harvey Weinstein. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So I think like people I mean the guy really doesn't deserve to be in the position he's in doing the stuff that he was doing. Like there's like really not a whole lot of sympathy coming his way. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I'd say that like part of this stuff is like people they 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 need an outlet and he's like the gross old dude groping at younger ladies and they're always younger ladies rj Mm -hmm. uh, making their dreams come true and this like i don't know there's some there's some shit there that just burns my craw though like fucking meryl streep man what did she do oh she was saying that like no one knew about this and if they if they knew about it there would have been more like investigative journalists would have been covering this years earlier or something like that and it's like no people definitely knew about this because it's like i live in southern alberta and uh-huh. I don't know anybody in the industry, but I've read about this. I've been reading about, you know, yeah. Hollywood stuff and following movies for a long time. And it's like, I knew about this stuff offhand. Like the Rose McGowan thing yeah. was like a pretty big deal a few years ago. And uh, here, well, here we are. And um, mm. now it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I, how, how, I didn't know. And then we got the Boston boys. We got that <laughs> Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. They're, yeah. uh, they're all up in this saying, I didn't know about this. And it's like, well, of course, I have daughters. Like, all the stuff, you're like, oh, boy. Yeah, and then, I, I did. Sorry. Oh, then, cause, then, of course, like, on top of it all, you all got Casey Affleck. And uh, yeah. people really had their uh, knives out for him in the first place. But, yeah, boy, yeah. I, I did see the uh, trickle down of the, the very targeted uh, digging and reaching into some of these allegations for other people like the Ben Affleck stuff where it was like it was like Ben Affleck groped a reporter 10 years ago and I didn't really see it but like I saw a picture of it on Twitter and it looked like he was just like hugging her and I was like all right maybe there's more to it than that but Mm -hmm. uh, it was like that and then people were going after Jason Momoa because he made a comment about rape 10 years ago and she's like man these, these seem very targeted against um, the dc <laughs> um but i did see one thing where it's like RJ. people were talking about ben affleck and they were calling him Buttman because of all of these groping allegations Mo- Morats. remember yeah, yeah the ass man yeah yeah so i thought that was funny but yeah. uh yeah i don't know he sound harvey weinstein sounds like a bad dude so i don't care whatever yeah he he'll, can... he'll get what he has coming 
maybe. Well, well yeah, there's just like been talking to like his daughter calling the police saying, My father's suicidal. <laughs> and like, there's like the one like video of him, I think, whatever, some paparazzi outfit, like out in front of his uh, daughter's house and like him walking. Just like, he's like, it's so unkempt. It's just like, oh, he just looks <laughs> like that guy. Like, every, like, women look at that guy and they just see like every bad interaction they've ever had with males. And like, so he's the face of it now, which is mm-hmm. like, uh, what, what, what have you. But, uh, one thing that like the new, the spin that I wanted to talk about was there's this aspect of like the, why are these people not coming out and saying anything? What do they have to hide? Um, that this like, this was like short, like this was like after, like right after the weekend of like the Weinstein stuff coming out. And then like mm-hmm. all these people, a lot of these people have now come out and said like, yeah, that was horrible. You know, cause people are like, where's Quentin Tarantino? Where's mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese? All these people who are like big names that have worked for Miramax. What did they know? Mm-hmm. Why aren't they admonishing him? What, are, what do they have to hide? Like these are the conclusions that people make. Like you read Twitter yeah. comments, people are really fucking dumb. But mm-hmm. but the one today though, RJ, boy, oh boy, have have you been seeing the stories covering Woody Allen? No, no, but I can imagine. So Woody, oh, god damn, I got I have to I have to read some of these because like this is some, you know when old uh, Donald Trump complains about the media and people go, sure. no, the media is not biased. And it's like this is a pretty clear case of when the media is like they got their agendas all down yeah. uh so as people are probably aware uh woody allen has had his own share of uh accusations shown uh, at him uh in fact his i guess like was ronan farrow ever his son i don't even know but mia farrow's son was like one of the lead journalists on the harvey weinstein thing and oh. yeah so people are kind of like that's lingering there in the mind um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so here, if you typed in Woody Allen, Harvey Weinstein into Google, you get these as the top stories headlines. One, here's a picture of, it's, it's Weinstein and Woody Allen side by side smiling together. Harvey Weinstein, sure. Woody Allen, sad for producer over sexual assault allegations. Har, uh, regarding Harvey Weinstein, Woody Allen on tragic situation warns of witch hunt. And Woody, mm-hmm. Woody Allen is sad for Harvey Weinstein. Those are three headlines. Would you like to know what Woody Allen said? Uh, no, I'm. I trust the media. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, I mean, from what from those things, you'd conclude what a monster. Of course yep. he. Of course he wants to like protect sex mm-hmm. criminals because he himself is a sex criminal that's never been proven in court ever. Uh, mm-hmm. You do hear a million fanciful rumors all the time, and some turn out to be true, and some, many, are just stories about this actress or that actor. The whole Harvey mm-hmm. Weinstein thing is very sad for everybody involved. Tragic for the poor women that were involved. Sad for Harvey that his life is so messed up. There's no winner in that. It's just very, very sad and tragic for these poor women that had to go through that. So, what was the issue? He said that, like, he demonstrated, like, an iota of like sympathy toward yeah. Harvey Weinstein that he himself is a monster. It's like, cause, cause like there's like the people, yeah. have, like people have a real ax to grind when it comes to Woody Allen. I've like met people I, in my uh, life yeah. that, so it's like this idea that they're going to get, they want to get him too. And then like, I've like, man, I don't recommend ever mm-hmm. going on to social media anymore and like reading comment threads. Cause then you get the, the common man mm-hmm. and their like thoughts and responses to stuff. And it's just like fucking like terrifying how dumb people are. And like, they just start talking about like, I think we need a witch hunt. Yeah. We need, like, he's like, wait, 
you know which hunts yeah are, we need one we, we which hunts are bad and like should be avoided because yeah. b- b- which hunts are about like throwing out reason and like evidence and like rational rationality <laughs> and it's like no no it's about how you feel we gotta solve these problems and like we're gonna get we're gonna get evil out of here <laughs> man i don't know and like i've seen like in the past i've seen people say that they wish like Woody Allen was murdered or killed. Like I've seen that way too many times. Uh, yeah. And where it's like, that's fucked up. You're just like, geez. It's like, yeah. yeah. Don't molest women, mm-hmm. but murder's okay. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, where, where's the moral relativism? It's like, you can just kill people mm-hmm. whoever you want, I guess, without evidence other than like one person's take decades after the fact. Hey, Jared, Yo. it's not the, it's, it's the world. We got the world we deserve. Okay. Uh, I, I think uh, my uh, friend Mike uh, referred to it as Nightmerica, and yeah. I thought that was very funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's it's quite a hell of a place. Social media is a disease. Uh, it allows bad ideas yep. just unfettered access to all minds, and there's no check. There's no checks or balances on these ideas just spinning out. They feed on people's worst impulses. Um, yeah, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, Jared, I don't like talking to you anymore. Yeah, I prefer I prefer my new uh, my new life off the grid yeah. with no internet because mm-hmm. I didn't know any of this was going on, and frankly, I don't care. Yeah, no, oh, it uh, just makes me upset. And uh, the other thing too is that uh, so yeah, that Jason Momoa thing. It was a uh, his comments were from a San Diego Comic Con in 2011, uh, mm-hmm. where he was like, where he was still like. I think he was probably dead by that point on Game of Thrones. Spoilers. Uh, and his sure. character, he was being interviewed. And he made some comment about like, hey, yeah, I get to rape beautiful women. And like everyone on the well, people, everyone on the thing went like, oh my God, I can't believe he just said that. And like, you can see like people's like hands going into their faces and like, Jesus. And he's just like, yeah. uh, next question. <laughs> like, he's like, he is like dumb jockey dude. Who's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. So remember on that TV show? where he fucking didn't actually rape anybody, but they, like, acted. And he made yeah. this stupid joke. Because guess what? I bet, like, anyone that, like, freaks out about fucking him saying that, who's never made a joke about rape on Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. or, like, is, like, the, the the weird sexual politics on that show, are suddenly mad about it. It's mm-hmm. like, fuck off. It's like, they're just like, no, there is, like, this aspect of, like, the uh, Justice League movie. And people won't, like, like yeah. there, there is something there, like, I, I was gonna say, do you think that this would have happened if he wasn't in uh, the, these new Justice League movies? Well, I think I saw someone like mentioning that they like dug it up, but like I'm like, no, yeah. someone probably just remembered it, and then they found the video, and it's like, oh, there it is, and they posted it, and he went, yeah, that was weird, made me feel uncomfortable, which it was. Yeah. It was a stupid thing to say, but I'm pretty sure it's yeah. not like it's not a smoking gun of him like, yeah. And then he actually went and did that, and it's like, no, we did it. It's like he said something really yeah. stupid. Yeah, oh, man, he's just a meathead. Yeah, but there's like it's weird because like um, I've seen like a few things on my Facebook feed with like by people I don't actually know, but like they're like writers on film and like mm-hmm. in genre cinema, and like they've commented like there's like the one um, uh, director Jack Hill. Uh, he made some comment about like him being like back in the '60s, and this guy's like old now, but he's like talking mm-hmm. about like him just like reaching out and grabbing some lady's butt. And and she just like kind of said, "Oh, I was wondering when you were going to do something about it," and then you know they hooked up. They and it's like so. There's this like weird line of like people's behavior and like when mm-hmm. something's wanted or unwanted, and there's the difference of that in splitting hairs. There's some people though that think that like I don't know, human beings aren't 
like entities that have sexual like it's a it's an abnormality to like have sexual impulses and i'm like where do we people draw that line um and then it's like weird because they read arguments between people and it's like the thing though is there's this aspect where it's like here's like a bunch of like 50 60 year old white guys arguing with like 20 year old women about what should be appropriate and it's like I don't know. <laughs> There's got to be a middle ground in there between there. But it's like you read guys' comments. You're like, yeah, I can kind of see what they're talking about. But at the same time, uh, that's it's weird. Mm. And it's it's so complex. And I don't think the internet is ever the best place to be having these arguments because, man, people are just not smart enough to handle information mm. at all. Uh, <laughs> as always, uh, the opinions and expressions of jared duncan or his own i am not affiliated with anything that he says but uh, i do i did like your comment at the end where it's people aren't smart enough you know who else says that rick and morty fans <laughs> and you're you're in that boat now baby no i'm not um i'm I, i'm not i'm not a fan yeah. now i can't well, be whatever i don't know i uh, i think we should just get away with it do away with the internet maybe yeah. the world will be better and uh, no more podcasts no more tweets mm-hmm. no more Facebook status updates, nothing. Yeah. Well, I've been uh, four or five days with, or a week, and some without, and uh, I feel great. Yeah. Until you went, you ruined my day, as always. Mm-hmm. So. Huh. Well, that's the preamble. Everyone All feels right. everyone feels worse than they did an hour ago. Yeah. Uh, hey, we've got a show to talk about. I guess one mm-hmm. of those movies. Uh. Anyways, God created woman. 1956, directed by Roger Vadim after the break. Brigitte Bardot, Je connais beaucoup de femmes qui voudraient bien te ressembler Mais aucune n'a comme toi, ce petit je ne sais quoi Qui fait que c'est toi bébé, qui sera toujours aimé Il aurait fallu t'inventer si tu n'avais pas existé as if love were a kind of sickness. Don't worry about that, though. You've been vaccinated. (laughs) (laughs) Stop laughing. (laughs) Set in the pagan paradise of the French Riviera swirls the fast-moving, fascinating story of a demon-driven temptress who thought the future was invented only to spoil the present. used to waiting when your hair's turning gray. Any young girl likes to have fun. Perhaps. I have to live as if every day were my last one. 
something powerful in me that makes me behave foolishly. Here is the drama of the life and loves of a young girl of today. Tormented by the desires that sweep her from a love she yearned for. A love she attains in a way she could never dream. A sizzling new personality in a film that will fulfill your every expectation. In a role that will make you gasp and never forget. Today we're talking about And God Created Woman from 1956, directed, directed by mm. Roger Vadim. And the tagline of this film, but the devil invented Bridget Bardot. <laughs> no, she seems like a nice lady. Yeah. Uh, She's the, still kicking. The synopsis of this film, off Letterboxd. Juliet Hardy is sexual dynamite and has the men of a French coastal town panting, but Antoine, the only man who affects her likewise, wouldn't dream of settling down with a woman his friends consider the town tramp. Fuck. That's it. (laughs) Damn. Yeah, I know. Sick, eh? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty pretty tight stuff there, Jer. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh... I knew nothing about this movie at all, uh, mm-hmm. other than I knew it was part of the Criterion Collection. I always, like, it stood out because it had an ellipsis. Or not, mm-hmm. yeah, it was an ellipsis right before the title. Yes. Uh, and I also had never really had any interest in watching it either. Uh, the few things I'd seen, uh, directed by Roger Vadim, never had me wanting to go out to watch any more of his movies. Uh, yep. There's actually one of the movies I snuck into your uh, your, your horror movie pack is Spirits of the Dead, which has got a uh, Roger uh-huh. Vadim short film in there, which is like okay, but you should definitely watch it for the Fellini short film in there, uh, Toby Dammit. That stuff is I know hot you, fire. I know you say that, but yeah, I won't. So yeah, I, so I kind of went in with this movie uh, kind of like, okay, I know kind of about Bridget Bardot as this like distant figure. She's like, yeah, she was hot stuff in the sixties. Yep. Um, but I mostly knew about her as being like an animal rights activist and nice. also her unpopular comments she's made about Muslims and immigration in Europe and oh. like being like brought up in tra- <laughs> and charged and convicted on like hate speech stuff. Um, oh. oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. It's one of those things. Cause like now she's like, you know, she's like, older and like you know she doesn't look like she did when she was 18 years old she, she looks like a middle-aged like heavier set woman and people are like oh look at her now she's as ugly now as she is on the outside as she is on the inside like that type of oh, like uh, yeah people again the internet um yeah. and then like also i had come across a like very few people on letterbox have actually watched this movie that i follow um and I'd come across this one guy's Twitter account account where he uh, reviews Criterion films in order like we're doing and he does it <gasps> instead of a, with an actual podcast he just does it all in one tweet 
Uh, oh shit, that's way better than what we I, do. I know, it's to the point. And uh, yeah. he ranked this as amongst the worst in the Criterion Collection. So really? I was, I was just like all pumped to watch this, being like, oh man, this mm-hmm. is gonna be terrible. But so watch this movie, and like mm-hmm. I thought it was like okay, like I thought this movie was like pretty good. Like I didn't mm-hmm. hate it in any way at all. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see where to start talking about this. You know, I, I didn't even really take that many notes watching this. Like, mm-hmm. I was just kind of watching it and being like, yeah, this seems like a pretty typical, like, kind of 1956, like, kind of drama, yep. comedy sort of thing about will they, won't they, girl in the town. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, honestly, the movie's, like, biggest strike against it is it's kind of generic and kind of boring, but it's, like, really elevated by, like, it looks awesome like this movie like uh-huh. has like some amazing cinematography uh the mm-hmm. colors and lights and framing everything that looks great um and bridget bardo like like i yep. said like i didn't know anything about bridget bardo but like holy fuck like it's like when people always talk about like she was like a sex symbol and you kind of go back and you're like what the fuck are you talking about bridget bardo holds up dang yeah for like 1956 ladies it's like yeah. oh, holy shit and here she is just walking around naked <laughs> Never like full, she, never that full on naked, but just like, oh, yeah. she's sunbathing. And she's, oh, now she's just like standing behind uh, like the uh-huh. clothesline. And you're like, whoa. And you're like, this is pretty dicey. And then you start reading about how this movie, like, you know, it, it had some distribution problems. Um, people didn't really like to want this movie out there because uh, you, you didn't know what would happen. You I mean, the men folk, they get ideas in their minds and suddenly mm-hmm. they're, they're out there being Harvey Weinstein's. Oh, God. Enough. Enough. We're done with him. <laughs> Until the next Miramax movie. It's right. Oh, God. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to chime in here for a second. Um, I don't know about that Twitter guy. I don't know what his opinions on other movies are. Yeah. So I don't know. But based solely on this, I don't think I agree with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also thought this movie was pretty good. Uh, me and Andrew watched it together. Ah. Uh, she really liked it as well, actually. Ah. She, she was like, let's watch more like that. And I was like, baby, that won't. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever get any more like that, but I'll try. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't take a whole lot of notes either. I have a few things that I'll, I'll ramble off later. But uh, on the whole, no, um, I thought it was good. It's like you said, it's a really good story. Uh, it's kind of you kind of know what to expect. Yeah. It's like he wants her, but he wants him he wants him <laughs> he wants he wants something else but they want each other and it's like this big kind of go around uh so you kind of know what it is but it doesn't ever feel like uh like too much too predictable where you're like yeah i kind of know or even if it does it doesn't it doesn't it didn't ever bother me yeah because i was like yeah i'm along for the ride uh you're right it looks great like i don't know what they filmed with but it, it fucking looks better than movies that come out today well i think it was like um, i want to say it was like cinemascope or something like that yeah it uh it looks really good um yeah bridget bardot is super cool she's running around in her uh loose clothing mm-hmm. and uh, just flopping around that scene when the uh, boyfriend gets washed up on the beach and she's just there kind of glistening then you're like oh yeah I see what's going on here. Yeah, they they refer they call it the sex kitten persona. Ah, I see. Yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, we uh, we both really like this. Uh, the only thing I didn't, it's not like a dislike or anything like that. Like I get it. The only thing that I didn't love was um, I think the ending is pretty abrupt. 
It's just like because they build up oh. to it, yeah. but then it's kind of like, all right, it's over. And you're, like when we were watching, it was like, yeah, I guess that's kind of how you would end it. Like, mm-hmm. you're like that's it. That's that's all you got. But uh, I didn't have any time code for this movie at all but uh since you brought up harvey weinstein again there was one note i had where uh where uh the dude um when she like tries to bike away he just knocks her over onto a car and then he his <laughs> line is uh i quoted it you seem to like it and i was like oh god jared duncan must have wrote this script um i think uh she, I think the fifties fight scenes are pretty funny mm-hmm. uh, because it's like fifties fighting. And then these guys talk about judo a lot and you're like, why are they talking about judo so much? It's like, I'm going to take judo lessons. I'm going to beat you up. And it's like, don't fight him. He knows judo. And it's like, was that really popular in, in 57 or something? Probably. Uh, yeah, no, I like uh, the Mr. Big old guy who's like the bankroller. And he's like, okay. Hey baby. And he's mm-hmm. like, you, you'll see you wanted me all along. Maybe. He's mm. like, I'm trying to raise you up, girl. Yep. Well, he sees, he's like, he, he I'll sees be your him. boyfriend or your dad, but you got to pick. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, all right. And then uh, the um, you you feel for like the dude she ends up with, like who she marries, because he's kind of like a schlubby guy. And you're like, you did it, man. Good for you. Mm-hmm. You saw past all the rumors of like her infidelities and mm-hmm. pouring around, I think they call the, at the, one point. Yeah, the village bicycle. Yeah, yeah, the town pump. I think one person said. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you root for that guy. You, you don't root for like the who the heartthrob is supposed to be. That guy's gross. Yeah, he's he... got that really gross chin, and he's just like pushing women over. He's like, yeah, they love it for yeah, the yeah. nights. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, I don't get the Antoine thing, but maybe we're not yeah. supposed to because there's like always that like aspect of like, man, this Wits girl like has it going on. Why is she attracted yeah. to this like big piece of shit? And like she's and he's like the one guy. She's like totally like oh, I can't get past him, man. And it's like yeah, I've I've seen I've seen that play out in real life, and you're like what the fuck? So maybe in this movie it really manages to capture that like what is the attraction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's what that's what I mean too. Where it's like, yeah, it's kind of familiar, but it's. I think it's because you see it happen in real life. Mm-hmm. I, I knew a bunch of people like that, too, who were like, they were always after these other people, but it's like they didn't want anything to do with them. And it's just like, why do you even care? Why don't, why don't, why don't you ever date a nice guy like me? Like me. With, with my fedora and my neck beard. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, this, this movie was really good. I actually liked it quite a bit. Yeah. The big thing is, uh, I didn't think I thought you would like it, but I didn't think you would like like it. If you know what I mean. Well, like uh, I said, when are you gonna rewatch Summertime? <laughs> Never. These these movies all fit together. Oh, I know. I was thinking about it, but this movie has like I don't know. Uh, it, for one, it has Bridget Bardot. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you you got something against uh, what's her face in Summertime? Oh, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I she's not a sex kitten. No, she's for you. she's cool, but I just didn't think her character was like all that interesting. And her and the the lover, the love interest in that movie is like a fucking loser with his fucking spaghetti <laughs> and steak shit. You uh, you want beef steak? Yeah, you're giving ravioli, but you want beef steak? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, you remember, but yeah, that movie that, that was a very well photographed. Uh, uninteresting movie this is a very well photographed kind of like interesting movie i guess like <laughs> what i don't know um well, i'm trying to think about this 
what the differences would be for me watching a like so I mean it, it's not a romantic comedy it's just like a I don't know a drama about a family yep. and uh, this girl coming through uh, we get to learn mm-hmm. about weird French orphan laws <laughs> like oh how, yeah how eighteen year old girls can be sent back to the orphanage till they're twenty one <laughs> yeah it's like that's odd. <laughs> Seem, it seems odd, but whatever. No. Don't don't fight with uh, progress or tradition or whatever. That's right. Those are two different things, yeah. but I don't give a shit. Uh, the, the, I think the one scene that really jumps out at me in this movie still is uh, when she's like kind of being told by, I guess, like her foster parents that like she's going to be out on her ass and they're going to eat mm-hmm. the rabbit <laughs> that like her, they're going to eat her pet rabbit. And oh she, yeah. And she like, she like, she has a little cat because like French mm-hmm. girls all have kittens in these movies, like in mm-hmm. Cleo five to seven. Um, <laughs> so she takes the rabbit and she takes her pet bird and she hits the road. Yep. She's going to leave town, but then the bus just blows by her. And then she, after she's already released the bird and released the rabbit and she goes mm-hmm. running after the rabbit to catch it. And I'm like, Oh, that was like a really cool little moment. <laughs> it's like so funny to me. It's like, yeah, okay, that's it. I'm done with this town. And then one thing goes wrong. Oh shit. Come back bird. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Bird's... Yeah. No, that was fun. I like that. That was uh, one of those yeah. moments. I was like, yeah, that's cool. I've not seen that in movies before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what else would I throw out there? Um, weird orphan laws. Yeah. So Bridget Bardot, uh, she, okay. How does it go? So her and the director, Roger Vadim, they were dating at this point. Okay. And, uh, so they were, they were a, an item. And then like okay. in the next like couple years, they like broke up and then, uh, he went and found another lady. But uh, so one of the movies I watched in tandem with this because I'm like, hey, I'm watching a Roger Vadim movie. I might as well watch his mm-hmm. one horror movie that he made called Blood and Roses, which is an mm-hmm. adaptation of that Carmilla, that one like early vampire story from like. Oh yeah, the sex one. Yeah, so he made he made his like one horror movie that like is mm-hmm. totally not interesting at all for the most part. Um, it looks like yeah. I, I, it was on YouTube. And so, I mean, the quality wasn't like super great in the first place, but it's wide and colorful and looking like it's like a hammer movie, but it has like none of the pulpy mm-hmm. charm of a, of a hammer movie. And it doesn't like, I don't know. It never really gets too sexy. <laughs> like in any way, it's just like inert. It's like, did Roger Vadim yeah. really care about any of this? Like, did he just take this job? But so we were, I was watching this and Chanel kind of walked into the room and she was like watching and she's like, Oh, is it watching another bridge of Bardot? And I was like, no, that's not Bridget Bardot. Mm-hmm. But then I was like looking at this actress and I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm like looking at her hair and I'm like this blonde Danish woman. And I'm like, what's the deal with this? And I looked it up. I'm like, oh, after Roger, Roger Vadim broke up with Bar- Bridget Bardot, he he got married to this woman who looks a lot like Bridget Bardot. <laughs> like, well, that happens all the time. Oh, it, but it's like pretty like hilarious because I had no idea. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I, cause I didn't, like, she just didn't look like Bridget Bardot. Like Bridget Bardot has got like <laughs> that super expressive face. Um, and like, that's like, and the other woman's like, she's like attractive as well, but she doesn't have that like super like mega star quality. She's no Harrison. She's no, she's no Harrison Ford. A few are though. That's right. Handsome women like that. Yeah. Yeah. Craggy or bulgy like the rock charisma, man. Charisma goes a long way and it's like, you can't, you can't, you can't reproduce it. Even if your hair is the same. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I like the, I don't know, th- this the idea that she actually gives it a college try to be like, to settle down. Um, yeah, she tries. Yeah, so I mean, like in the movie, 
she's being torn between rich guy who just like fucks mm-hmm. fucks any young woman that comes along his way. He finds it fun and interesting. That's what you do when you're rich. You have sex with younger mm-hmm. women. Harvey Weinstein style. Um, oh, Jared. <laughs> and then uh, Antoine is just like the older guy who like kind of like left town and he drops in on the family on weekends every once in a while. And mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're, they're trying to get their uh, ship, their ship, what is it? God, what do you even call their business? They fix ships. It's like a, it's like a shipyard. Yeah. yeah. Rich, rich guy, he wants to like buy up this like whole area so he can build a casino there. Mm-hmm. Um. One thing leads to another, and the two the two sides see eye to eye, and they join together, and they make all the money. Um, and then Bridget Bardot kind of is long for the ride. She kind of mm-hmm. winds up; she just gets married because she's going to get shipped off to the orphanage. And then, like the middle brother uh, to Antoine, uh, he asks her to marry her, and they get married because she's just like, "Well, I got another choice." And you actually said, "Hey, you want to get married?" And because no mm-hmm. one else had actually any interest in her beyond just like having sex with her. But right. part of the vibe with that though is because she's like a. A loose cannon. She's a, a free spirit. She just wants to go out there and have fun and dance and do whatever she wants. But she tries. She yeah. tries. Damn it. She she tries to settle down and live a square life. Uh, the mm-hmm. we- the the wedding reception scene, uh, which is going back to the household. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was like well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like kind of differentiating the, the the personality and character of Bridget Bardot, being like, I'm gonna stroll right down here, uh, wearing a bed sheet, and I'm gonna grab a whole bunch of food. I'm gonna go back up there because me and my husband we're gonna bang tonight it's like mm-hmm. for 1956 boy oh boy that was uh very french peral peral um and then yeah when she breaks down and she starts losing the plot and she just can't handle this square life no more uh she's insatiable she, yeah she's so she gets loaded and uh yep. firing she's firing some guns there's some gunplay introduced in this movie mm-hmm. um and she goes and starts dancing with some some colored guys rj <laughs> <gasps> did you coin that term i don't i'm not familiar with that well, I, I, it sounds I, I learned it from Stephen, i've learned it from stephen king novels oh no 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 he uses the he another uses word. the other one he uses yeah. another one yeah he so uses another one anyway so there's like this whole thing but but the scene's like like kind of also like really well played out like because those guys aren't like i don't know i can imagine movies being shot in the 80s where it's the scene it's like oh here's like young blonde white woman going down she's hanging out with a bunch of black guys who are musicians what are they going to do to her next but in this she's just like dancing and they're like yeah this is awesome and then they're all just playing Mm -hmm. and there's no like weird dank vibes of like hey we're gonna turn her out and like stuff like that like i'm watching too many horror movies and it's like yep the threat of rape is permeating everything it's like nothing good can happen to these characters no she's just like all the worst things that are happening to her like the stuff that's like she's drinking and throwing her life away because she doesn't want to have this relationship anymore and all these Mm -hmm. all the sides are converging at once and uh, Rit, Rit, Daddy Warbucks, he uh, he get, he gets shot, but he just no sells that bullet. Like he's mm-hmm. fine. Um, and yeah, there's the 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 desperation of her husband, uh, whatever his goddamn name is. Do you remember his name? Mark. Marty. Marty. Marty McFly. Michael. Morty. Rick. Eric. No. Harvey. <laughs> Harvey. Harvey. Yeah. We'll, 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 uh, we'll, no, we'll, I don't remember his we'll, name. We'll, it doesn't. It was like Matt or something. Yeah, we'll have Michael. So Michael. Okay. His like sweaty faces, his like desperation, seeing her dancing around, writhing around. Yeah. He doesn't know what to feel. Does he hate her? Does he lust for her? <gasps> lust. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah it's sexy, Jared. It's sensual movie making. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let's see here. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on the movie you want to share? No, I'm a. I'm to be honest, I'm I'm just really tired. I had a really long like we've been busy at work, and then I uh, unpack stuff and settle at home. So I've been so tired lately <laughs> that I'm not really sharp right now. But my opinion was that I really liked this show. Uh, I liked it more than I thought I would. It's up there with the brief encounter and the summer times with me. I feel like there that could make a sweet trilogy one day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's a sexy baby and she gets around and a sexy uh, you, baby. You know what I meant, like uh, like Austin <laughs> Powers style baby, nice, like that yeah. one. Um, no, it's you root for, her, but then you're also like, don't do that, and uh, you care about the characters and. Yeah, you you know the story, yeah. but it's still fun to watch. It looks good. It's a good show. How do, so, how do you think this movie though plays with the uh, the woke contingent of today? Do you think that like, people w- would be like angry about the way this movie depicts like male female relations? Yeah, well, I'm sure there is. I bet there's a lot of shaming of things going on here, mm-hmm. anti shaming and stuff like that. So, yeah. I uh, I don't look forward to to hearing whatever <laughs> who, who, you have who hates to say. This? Um, well, I also want to mention, so uh, for, as far as censorship of this film goes, uh, it's pretty brief here on Wikipedia. Uh, when released in the United States, the film is condemned by the National Legion of Decency. Uh, poli- police made attempts to suppress its screening in the U.S. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's about it. Uh, and then critical response. I had to say, so there's the one film critic from the New York Times way back in the day. He's like mm-hmm. the guy who like was around like for the 40s and the 50s and the 60s till he finally retired. Bosley Crowther. So uh, his like review of the movie is like so good <laughs> to me. So it's like, here's the quote. Uh, uh, Bosley Crowther, the film critic for the New York Times, found Bridget Bardot attractive, but the film lacking and was not able to recommend it. He wrote, Bardot moves herself in a fashion that fully accentuates her charms. She is undeniably a creation of super, superlative craftsmanship. But that's the extent of the transcendence, for there is nothing sublime about the script of this completely single-minded little picture. We can't recommend this little item as a sample of the best in Gaelic films. It is cl- clumsily put together and rather bizarrely played. There is nothing more than sultry fervor in the performance of Mademoiselle Bardot. I just love like he's like really trying to like not be a creep, <laughs> but when but, you say things yeah. like talking about accentuating her charms, it's like what are you talking about her tits, huh? <laughs> tits, just say it like that. Tits. Yeah. She didn't show her tits that's at all, super, and that's a bummer. Superlative craftsmanship. <laughs> oh god. Uh, yeah, I, I, I imagine that guy wrote it in his underwear in like on like a hotel chair, and then as soon as he was done, he got his like chicken mm-hmm. and like just rubbed it on his body. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a thing people do I think so uh, okay. yeah I don't know about the this clumsily put together stuff I think the movie was like pretty straightforward like there's not much like I don't know this is how movies get made now like it looks the same ideas yeah. like as far as like I, uh, structure of the whole narrative yeah yeah. I thought it was all good There were the only thing I could say and the only reason I would disagree with him completely unless uh, if I wasn't watching with Andrea I don't think I would have picked up on it she noticed there's a scene where like where uh, she goes into Antoine's room and then like she's on his bed and then there's like a weird cut and it's like it's it's as if they cut out like five seconds of it or something and then it go keeps going. It's kind of weird. Like I actually missed it, but maybe that's what he means or maybe because mm-hmm. the story's not clumsy. I don't think, and the rest of the movie isn't. But yeah, 
that that was just an editing thing, and I never even noticed. Yeah. So I don't know. This whoever that person was was just being a perv. <laughs> I'm just skimming uh, the essay for this movie from the because this is an old Criterion now too. Uh, Chuck yeah. Chuck Stevens. Uh, just skimming through it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's not much to throw out there. Okay. Talking about the Mambo okay. scene. And uh, like uh, Jean-Luc scene. Godard said, Roger Vadim is with it. Nice. <laughs> nice. You got you got, you got you got you got the Godard stamp there, bro. Yeah. Godard. And talk about God and creating. And yeah, this was uh, Bardo's 17th film or something like that. But it was like the first one Shit. that like the first one people actually saw. I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I liked it. It's good stuff. Good. Well, so uh, yeah. You know who hates this movie? Some jerks, I Some bet. Plain folk hate this, and there's like mm-hmm. they're very to the point too. Um, Lay it on me. Luke Martin gave this one star, and he said, "Seriously, fuck this movie." <laughs> Is that it? Yep. Uh, Pe- people say that all the time. Whenever you read that, these, what, there's so what, many. That's what lots of people say, yeah. though. Like people say, like all these, like seriously, fuck this guy. Seriously, like yeah. this, this is how people are programmed to talk now. Like I'm, I'm telling you, social media, man. I mean, yeah. So Sebastian Butt, <laughs> one <laughs> nice. star, a seriously hacky, fucked up film about how men really need women to behave in order for their world to work right. If it weren't for Bridget Bardot being so naturally charming and fun, this film would have been almost impossible to sit through. No, well, I don't agree with what he says, but I think his name is pretty funny. So there you go. Uh, Valerie gave this two stars. Funny how this movie made BB a sex symbol, yet her character is continuously shamed by an entire town for embracing <laughs> her sexuality and having fun. Side note, God also created movies where women are treated like dirt. Next. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I think people need to get over some of these hangups that they have on stuff where it's like, it's like this doesn't fit with the current like social nor like you know what i mean it's like mm. this doesn't fit with the current day things it's like well yeah because it was made fucking 60 years ago like yeah uh, i don't know people are too seinfeld was right people are too sensitive <laughs> coming from a white man yeah but he's um he's rich and famous so oh <laughs> must mean something that's well that definitely softens the blow <laughs> yeah yeah, man. I don't know. Um, I could talk about Bridget Bardot. <laughs> there's really because like, there's, there's really not like much to talk about Roger Vadim as a director. Like he's yeah, like, that's fine. He's like not the most interesting. Um, Bridget Bardot. I mean, yeah. So she was like a big deal in her day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, she, she just started. To, I mean, yeah, animal rights activists. I mean, I'm sure you're okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's cool with me. Yeah, but she was nuts. No, like, she she'll probably pop up once again. I don't no. know. I think she might be in contempt or something like that. I don't know. Oh yeah, she is. I yeah. think. Yeah. I think she's in contempt. So she'll pop up again. Yeah. But yeah, animal well, welfare. She started that whole nice. thing in seventy three. She's nice. been married. Health issues. Tranquilizers she's old and now. tranquilizers and red wine. And yes, nice. politics and legal issues. Yeah, she, yeah, she's on about the Islamis, Islamicization of France. Um, okay. Um, yeah, so that's that. That's like her uh, thing. She was not a fan of Sarah Palin, though. 
Oh. That's like a that's really a big jump Is that- though. She called Sarah Palin stupid and a disgrace to women. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Good. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there's not there's not much to say, but I mean I think we cut like we both yeah. really like this show. And and yeah. There the yeah, the reason there's not much to say about it is just just watch it. It's yeah. a romance story, it looks mm. good and yep. that's it's, all you need to know, baby. Yeah, it's not it's not bad, not bad at all. It's not bad. Um, yeah, it didn't offend. It's just like it's like it's just sort of a, a movie. I like it's kind of like I guess it's in the Criterion Collection proper as like, mm-hmm. it's just, hey, it's Bridget Bardot. People should like this was like a big deal in this period of time, and people should watch it. And it's a really nice looking yep. movie to boot. But so yep. it goes. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's that. After that's after the break, um, RJ is going to have a nap. Oh fuck yeah. keep Andrea in check so she doesn't run wild all over town sleeping with rich industrialists and your bad older brother uh, I have a series of uh, puzzles more each one more elaborate than the last uh, it keeps her pretty busy because she can't usually get out of the house because of all of my puzzles are, you, are uh, is this like a tease for the next saw movie Maybe, hmm. maybe if Blumhouse sends us some uh, some endorsement checks, <laughs> some ticks. That's not even. Mm-hmm. That's not even Blumhouse. That's uh. It doesn't that's, matter. That's, that's Lionsgate, my friend. It doesn't matter. They're all the same shit. Yeah, just someone give us money mm-hmm. for fuck's sakes. Well, you can email us at criteriancreeps at gmail dot com and tell us about how you control women. Um, we've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're mm-hmm. on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. You can check out all the horror movies that we're watching. Mm-hmm. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, all that fun stuff. Um, and then, like, in a few days, uh, Spines 78 and 79, RJ. Mm-hmm. W.C. Fields. You might not know him now, but you will very soon. Um, somehow. Okay. <laughs> we'll be watching The Bank Dick. And uh, an assortment of six short films starring this uh, W.C. Fields, this comedian man. Mm, okay. It's gonna be I'm, not, I'm not super excited for this. It's old-timey. Oh, God. Okay, I don't care. Okay. I'm going to be I'm gonna be all curmudgeon in it next week. Well, just, just or like, in two just, days. Just like W.C. Fields. You'll be perfect. Nice. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, we should be back on track uh, Wednesday. So, mm-hmm. good. We'll get there. Good afternoon. Peace out.